0: Welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you could join us. You're listening to the second part in our series, Going Through the Book of Colossians. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax, here it is. Last week, we started a brand new series. I'll tell you more about it in a moment. Uh, But last week, we read Colossians chapter 1, and we finished on verse 21 and verse 22. Now, if you are with us last week, one thing that you'll know is that when we read verse 21 and verse 22, we clapped. Cheered. We said, thank you, Jesus. Some people had tears in their eyes. So it's all about the goodness and the faithfulness of Jesus, what he's done for us. Uh, but I didn't read verse 23. Yeah. I stopped on verse 21. i sorry, verse 22. So today, I want to read verse 23. Uh, if you missed last week, I'm going to read verse 21, verse 22. You're going to see why we clapped. And then I want to see verse 23. You guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. Colossians chapter 1 says, once... You were alienated from God. You were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior. You are separated from God. Verse 22, but now. Someone shout, but now. But now. That's when we got loud last week. He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Verse 23, if continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. So what he's saying, you've been reconciled, you're holy, you're free, if you continue in your faith. I want to call our message this morning in the spirit of what we just read. That's a big if. That's a big if. You guys can be seated. Let's clap our hands for Jesus. Jesus. Thank you so much for listening that's a big if, that's a big if. Turn to the person next to you, say that's a big if. Uh, last summer, right around this time, uh, many of you guys have known, I've told this story before, but Christy and I, uh, we put our house up for sale, trying to move to St. Albert, and we were living in Edmonton at the time, and one thing people would always ask us uh, before our house uh, sold, before we found our new place, they said, are you excited to move? Just kind of a simple question. Are you excited to move? Are you excited to move to St. Albert? And one thing I would say over and over again, I would say, yeah, I'm excited. I hope it happens. But the truth is, I'm not going to get excited because we're not moving unless our house sells. And so what I would say to people, I'm like, I'm going to get excited if our house sells. I'll get excited if. Because to me, that was a big if. You guys ever have a big if in your life before? I know for a lot of us over the last two years, it's been like, I'm gonna get married if the restrictions (laughs) go away. If, for some of us, like, I could have been a doctor if I graduated college. (laughs) We would have been married if she said yes. (laughs) Like Life is full of big ifs, right? There's a lot of big ifs. So what I want to do today, um, in the spirit of what we've been going through, I want to look at the big if found in Colossians chapter 1. Because as I read that, what I begin to see, if you guys don't see it, is that's a big if. So what I want to do, before we really get into it, I want to give us a little context because we're kind of picking up exactly where we left off last week. And so if you missed last week, I want to encourage you, you can go online, you can check it out, you can catch up. But last week what we did, uh, we started this, this study through the book of Colossians. And what we found out is that this this book was written to the church in Colossae. And the church in Colossae had kind of lost their way. That rhymed. I didn't mean it to rhyme. uh, But that can help for for the context. Church in Colossae lost their way.
1: That's the context of
0: this book. And so what Paul's trying to do, Paul is trying to push them back on track. He's trying to push them back to the message of Jesus. That's why we called our, our series Jesus at the Center. And what we said last week is that for Paul, the best way to to bring the church back from all of these competing ideas, ideologies, belief systems, what we said is that Paul's idea was for them to get back on track, what he had to do was present to them the gospel message of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ. Paul figures if they could just understand the message of Jesus, it would bring them back on track. And so last week what we did is we, we just looked at the gospel. What is the gospel? What is the good news? And so Colossians chapter 121, kind of what we, we just read, and it gives us the good news. He says once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior. So what he's saying to, to the church, you need to remember that sin yeah. or our evilness, our darkness has separated us from God. But he says, once you were separated from God, he says, but now Jesus has bridged the gap. All we have to do is accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and we can be saved. We called it the scandal of grace last week. We said it's scandalous that we can be, it's just so dark, so bad, so evil, so shameful, and there's nothing that we can do but Jesus bridged the gap. Yeah. Scandalous. That was the gospel, and so we just said... Uh, Accept the gospel. Get back on track. And that's what Paul's trying to do. And I know for some of us last week, we accepted the gospel for the first time. For some of us, it brought us back on track. But what I want us to see today is accepting the gospel is not the end. There's more to the story. So again, he says, Jesus has reconciled you. You're holy in his sight, without blemish, free from accusation. But verse 23, he says, if you continue in your faith. Established and firm And do not move From the hope held out in the gospel (laughs) Now the question is this Because it kind of seems like Paul is saying You can lose your salvation Now It's kind of a theological rabbit hole I'll explain in a second But I don't actually believe That you can lose your salvation And the reason I believe it And maybe it's a linguistics kind of thing But I don't believe you can lose something That you never attained because Jesus has given it freely as a gift. So how can I lose what was never gained? That's just my own thing. But wh- whether you can lose it or not is not really important. Because what he's saying, he's saying, if you do not continue in your faith, so maybe you can't lose your salvation, but you can choose to put your faith somewhere else. You can choose to accept something different. I want us to understand the gospel really simply. This is like Christianity 101 if you've never heard. The gospel is simply this. We are saved by grace through faith. We are saved by the grace of Jesus because he has died for us, taken our place. All we have to do is accept it through faith. And so again, I don't think we can lose it, but I believe that we can choose to put our faith in something different. I I can understand that I'm saved by grace but I can choose to put my faith in something different. I can understand the message of Jesus, are you guys following? But Paul says you need to continue to go down. Now I I told you guys it's kind of a theological rabbit hole because some people will argue that once you actually accept uh, the grace of Jesus, you cannot not accept it. Again, uh, we can talk later. Uh, We don't need to go down that road today. But what I want us to do and what I want us to evaluate today is what are we putting our faith in? Are we putting our faith in the message of Jesus or is it in something else? And I believe today this message is so specific, especially for those of us who have recently accepted the message of Jesus. Because if you've just accepted the message, Paul is now encouraging you that you need to continue the journey. You need to go deeper. You need to begin to develop some roots. I also think this message is going to be so practical for those of us who are questioning our faith. And maybe we're thinking to ourselves, man, is this thing even worth it? it, it, do Do I want to go down this path? What Paul is going to get us to do today, in order for us to continue in faith, he's going to encourage us to develop deep roots. If I could have given this message a secondary title, I would have called this How to Develop Roots. Or how to deepen your faith. Because what I want to do today is I want us to deepen our faith. I want us to get deeper. Because the truth is this. If our faith is shallow, all it takes is something small to uproot it. I heard uh, a thing recently, and what he said was that many Christians are two questions away from losing their faith. And what they meant by that is all it takes is someone asking them two hard questions and they've their faith. And all that means to me, I'm not really scared of that, come at me, bro, but really what it means is that there's a generation of Christians that have a very shallow faith. It's not rooted. And so for some people there's one question and my faith is gone. Paul is going to encourage us to dig deeper. So what I want today to do today is I want us to get rooted. And the reason I want us to get rooted is because that's a big if. It's a big if. So Paul is going to give us some practical things, give me very practical message today for how we can get rooted. And it might not be uh, what you think at the start at least. So Colossians chapter 1, 24, Paul says, Now, I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's affliction. For the sake of his body. Which is the church now? There's a lot going on here, and I'm going to break it down in the next little bit, but I want to give you the first point for how you can actually begin to develop deeper roots. And the first point is simply this we need to learn how to rejoice in suffering, we need to learn how to rejoice in suffering, you see. The truth is this, when it comes to our walk with God, for the most part, most of us would probably say, I want my walk with Jesus to be deepened through answered prayers. I want my walk with God to be deepened through everything falling into place in exactly the way I want it to fall into place. But what Paul is saying is that I have learned to rejoice in suffering. Because what I believe to be true is this, one of the ways that we actually get deeper with God is through suffering. I didn't mention this last week, but part of the context of the book of Colossians is Paul wrote this letter while he was in prison. And so Paul wasn't just talking the talk. You guys know those people? It's like life is perfect, and they're just saying, hey, it's going to get better. You don't know what I'm going through. Paul's writing this in prison. And so what he's saying is rejoice in suffering. Now what we're going to see is that suffering actually has two benefits. Maybe even three if I really think about it. But we're going to see how suffering actually benefits us personally and the church. So what Paul says is this, continues verse 25. He says, I have become its servant by by the commission that God gave to me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. This is really interesting. What Paul is saying is that a part of the full message of the gospel is to talk about suffering. That's the full message. We, we like the, like save from sin, all that good stuff. Redemption, but a part of the full message. Paul says, I'm a slave to the full message, so I need to tell you the whole thing, right? We love to talk about wealth, health, blessing, riches, all that good stuff, right? Dial this number, give today, you'll be blessed. Paul's talking with the full message that includes suffering, that includes hard times, that includes hardships. And what I love about Paul is the full message he's proclaiming is the message that he received directly from Jesus. If you guys don't know this, Paul never met Jesus on earth. He only met like the resurrected version of Jesus. And so everything he knows about the gospel, Paul says, Jesus the Lord told me about. So look what happens. Acts chapter 9. This is actually Paul's uh, calling. Ananias gets a message from God. And the Lord says to Ananias, go. To this man, this is talking about Paul, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles, their kings, and to the people of Israel. I'm going to use Paul to do amazing things. Verse 16, and I'm going to show him how much he must suffer for my name. You see, there's no version, if you guys are taking notes, write this down, there's no version of the gospel message that does not include suffering. There's no version of the good news that doesn't have hard times. Listen, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, died on the cross, was crucified, rejected, and we are to follow in his footsteps. And so if he was rejected, if he was shamed, why should we expect something different? It's interesting because one of the number one reasons, if you guys look this up, one of the number one reasons that Christians will say they lost their faith is through hard times, through suffering, through death, through disease. Many people don't have a theological framework for the suffering they experience because they thought that when you follow Jesus, it was all going to be rainbows and butterflies. But sometimes life happens. And it's weird, though, because at the end of the day, the New Testament, Jesus is so clear that hard times are inevitable. You don't even need to read the Bible. You guys have all experienced it. Hard times are inevitable. Suffering will happen, death will happen, and so we need to begin to have a theological framework. And the beauty of the Bible, the beauty of the New Testament, is they don't try to trick you. Jesus says to Paul, "I'm going to show him how much he must suffer for my name." And the reason Paul is telling us this, the reason Paul is he's getting the back, uh, getting the church and call to back on the message, is because he doesn't want anyone to be tricked when they follow Jesus. There's nothing worse than thinking you're going to get one thing, but you get something completely different. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like when we started this church, uh, we had to name it. And there was kind of a trend at the time, and it's still going on, and there's nothing wrong with it per se. Uh, But there was this idea that when you name your church, uh, maybe you shouldn't put church in the title. Just keep it like a one word kind of thing. And like there's nothing wrong with that. If you do that, you're fine. But like for me, uh, I didn't want anyone to be surprised when they came here. Someone walks in. You're here for twenty minutes. Wait a second. This is a church. <laughs> I thought I was just going to Kingdom. What is this? So I, I wanted to be clear, right? Because there's nothing worse than thinking you're getting one thing, you get something different. Side note: As clear as I thought Kingdom Church was um, when the church started, there was actually this thing on Facebook uh, where people thought we were like some undercover Jehovah Witnesses uh, <laughs> because uh, there thing things called Kingdom Hall. I wasn't aware of. <laughs> so uh, thought we thought were clear. Weren't really clear. Uh, but in case you here today knew no, we're not Jehovah's Witness. But uh, all the power to me. So <laughs> Paul. <laughs> Paul is trying to be very clear. That when it comes to the message of Jesus, if you want to grow deeper in your faith, you need to prepare for suffering. And even more than prepare for it, even more than know it's coming, Paul says you need to learn to rejoice in it. I love what James chapter 1 says. It goes a little deeper. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind. And whatever you're going through, consider it joy. But why? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. When you go through things, it actually produces something. It deepens your faith. You see, the truth is this. Salvation is free. It does not cost you anything to accept the message of Jesus. But what happens is if we never, in the long run, if we never sacrifice anything for God, if if it never costs us anything to follow Jesus, we can begin to take for granted the gift which is free. And so what suffering can actually do, what hard times can actually do, is they can actually deepen the message of Jesus inside of us. Because when it costs us something, we begin to value it a little bit. This is the issue with cultural Christianity. You see, what cultural Christianity tries to do is they try to put Jesus, who who was around the Son of God 2,000 years ago, who was eternal, who does not change, they try to put him in 2021. And so what that looks like is that Jesus thinks like a person that lives on Deer Ridge in 2021. Talks like us, thinks like us, his morality is the same But what happens with cultural Christianity is that it will never cost you anything. Because your version of Jesus will always look like what culture looks like. But what we need to understand is that there is no version of Jesus that follows the pattern of culture. Jesus is always vastly different. And so one of the reasons Christianity will cost you something is because to follow Jesus in the purest way will put you on a different path than the path that culture wants to take you. And so when you stand up for the real Jesus, it's going to cost you something. And the truth is, we actually need hard times. We need to go through things. We need a little persecution. Why? Because it deepens our faith. It builds roots. I remember when the Lord changed my life, called me into ministry. I had some people saying some things. Some people thought I was crazy. Everyone I went to school with was wondering why I became a priest. Some of the stuff was like low-key, but some of it kind of hurt. But the truth is, in those moments, in those hard times, my faith actually begun to deepen. Why? Because when you can't rely on people, you have to rely on Jesus. Because when people are laughing at you, I need someone to help me. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will bring you close. And so we actually need hard times. Because it's when you build something, with, with, it's when you get dirty that you begin to value You guys know what I'm talking about? is when you can can develop some scars. Where are my builders at? You guys know when you build something, right, and, like, you kind of get hurt a little bit? Like, you ever met those people with scars on their hands? It's like, you see this scar, you see that fence? 2004. (laughs) God built this for. And we value it because it costs us something. And so a part of the reason we can begin to rejoice in suffering is because it will actually begin to cost us something. Our faith will not be cheap. It'll be costly. We'll rely on Jesus more. You see, I know a lot of us, we want it safe. Like, I want to just read my Bible in my room. I don't want to say anything in public. At work, everyone thinks I'm a Buddhist. <laughs> but what if today, as we begin to deepen our roots, what if it's time for some of us to take a stand? Maybe for some of us, it's in our friend group, when everyone's talking a certain way, and you say, hey, I don't want to talk like that. I don't, I don't really want to gossip, because I want to honor Jesus instead. Maybe, maybe it's time to take a stand at work. When everyone's being dishonest, when everyone wants to shave a little bit here, shave a little bit there, no one's going to know. What if it's time that we just actually had some integrity? said, hey, listen, I can't do this because I follow Jesus. And maybe it's going to cost you something. Maybe people won't like you as much. Maybe for some of us, we need to go to our boss and say, hey, like, listen, I serve a church, and so like, I can't work. Like, I'm sorry, but like, I just have other commitments because I serve Jesus first. It might cost us something, but maybe today for some of us, it's going to help us to develop some roots. It's going to help us to go So Paul, again, he says, I rejoice in what I'm suffering for you. And I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's affliction. What he means by that, He's saying I actually want to experience some of the hardships that Jesus experienced. I actually want to know what it was like to be rejected. So I never take for granted what he did for me. But he says, I also suffer for the sake of his body, which is the church. I tell you something, maybe what you are going through right now, maybe what you've been going through, it's not just for you, but it's so you can encourage someone later on. What if all of that disease, what if all of that death, what if all of that that you've gone through in this season that feels hopeless, that feels meaningless, what if you have to walk through this right now so you can encourage someone later on? So you can say, hey, listen, I actually went through that exact same thing. Back in 2021, let me tell you how Jesus brought me through. It's for the building of the church. Sometimes what we go through in the past will be able to encourage others in the present or in the future. Uh, You guys uh, guys know who Chase is, one of our interns? He ran off somewhere Um, hoping to pray for the service. Uh, maybe making pancakes is what he's doing, making pancakes. You guys heard for some pancakes? I yeah. met uh, Chase, one of the interns here. He's came back uh, from, from, from his wide way. I mean, he's come back here full of convictions, uh, Holy Spirit convictions, just to what he feels God is calling him to do. And uh, it's just it's amazing to watch and it's amazing to see uh, just what God is doing to him and through him. But a part of his convictions and what God is calling him to do is kind of pushing him in many cases on different paths than the people around him. Because that's what happens when you follow Jesus. And and, and a lot of times, like, because of what he's doing, he's kind of ostracized, kind of outcast. Not, like, in terms of people, but just in terms of standing up. Like, one of the things that I asked him if he could tell me, he has a conviction not to drink since he's been back. And so he's been going places, hanging out with people, and he brings a six-pack of sparkling water. Come on. on. Kind of embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) he's got this conviction. And, and so for me, I went through some things 10 years ago. I kind of know what it's like to stand out, and I know what it's like to be embarrassed. And I'll say this, and Chase isn't here, you can watch it later, but I'm actually more impressed by Chase than anything I've ever done. I think that his convictions are strong, I think he's a man of God, and he inspires me. But, yeah, you can clap your hands. Yeah, right. But like, I've been through some things, right? in the past, so what I've gone through in the past, I know what it's like to stand out, I know what it's like to be a little bit different, because I went through some things before, I'm able to encourage him in the present. You guys see what I'm saying? And so right now, his sparkling water may not be cool, but what I told him is, it may not be cool right now, but you're gonna encourage someone, you're gonna inspire someone, you're gonna help someone later down the road. So rejoice in whatever you're going through right now, because it's gonna build the church. And I want to tell you, whatever you're standing up for, whatever you're doing, whenever you follow Jesus, if you go through hard times, be encouraged, because things may not always work out the way we want them to work out. But when Romans eight twenty eight says, "All things will work out for the good of those who are called according to His purpose," what it means is that Jesus will work it for good some way. So I can make it through. I can get through hard times. I can go through embarrassment. I can go through persecution. And so my, my, my hope in this season, because it's been a hard season for some of us, my hope for those of you guys who are accepting Jesus for the very first time and stepping into that calling to be different, to not conform to the world. I'm praying that this season is fruitful, that you can learn some lessons, that you can encourage people later on. Because it's in persecution, it's in trials that our faith begins to grow. So Paul says, rejoice. Suffering. Now, I was talking to someone a little while ago, and he was saying, uh, You know, in church, you always talk about hard times, bad times, suffering. Uh, but, like, what about us like, going through good times? Because, like, I got, like you know, I got a house, <laughs> a job. Like, life's pretty good. And I know for a lot of us, maybe we don't feel like we have hard times right now. Like, we feel like life is good. And that's okay. I want you to understand something with suffering. You do not always need to be suffering. You don't always need to be going through things. And I'm going to be honest because someone needs to hear this. You're not going through persecution because of your faith. You're persecuted by your friends because you gossip. It's as simple as that. I'm standing up for Jesus. No, you gossip. I said, I don't like you. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) I had to say that to someone. You don't always have to go through hard times. You don't always have to go through persecution. But here's the truth for those of us going through good times right now. Those of us on a high. Sometimes it's harder to connect to Jesus when things are going good than when things are falling apart. How many guys know what it was like when you were in college, you had no money? You didn't know what was happening. Like you had to pray more. I got a test tomorrow. right? Like when, when you don't know if your bills can be covered, I pray a little bit more. When that person was cheating versus when you were in a stable relationship, you prayed a little bit more when they were cheating. So listen, there's nothing wrong with good times. But all it means is if life is good, if you're in a fruitful season, you actually need to go, you have to do different things because you still need to get rooted. Yeah. Persecution, hard times help you get rooted. It's hard, it's sad, it's emotional, but sometimes sad, hard, and emotional is good. Just like I just need you, Jesus. So for those of us in the good times, right? of us not going through hardships, those of us not going through persecution, number one I would encourage you to stand up more for your faith because the more you stand up the more hard times there will be but number two if it's just good, like life is just good like I stand up for my faith and everyone still loves me I don't know what's wrong I'll say this, you still need to develop deeper roots. Paul says this, verse 28 he says he is the one we proclaim Jesus admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. So whether you're going through things or not, you still need to get mature in Christ. For some of us that have been following Jesus for a while, it's time to graduate junior high. It's time for us to get mature. And so if it's not through hard times, I believe one of the best ways that we can develop deeper roots is through consistency. (laughs) church fathers and past whose writings can help us so much, they call it spiritual disciplines. It's time for some of us to begin to develop spiritual disciplines. You see, disciplines have this way of taking the message of Jesus and rooting it deeper in our hearts, deeper in our souls. So if you're taking notes, write this one down. Deep roots come through discipline. Deep roots come through discipline. Here's the very first discipline I'll give you. Take notes. How many of you guys wrote that down? (laughs) Deep roots come through discipline. Let me tell you why you need to write it down. Because I know there are people that have been coming here. Some of you guys were here three months ago, and on June 27th, the Lord convicted you and said, hey, you need to be more generous. But what happened was that you didn't write it down, and so life went on and you bought a jet ski But what happens, listen to this What happens when you write things down, when you have notes Whether it's on a pad, the Lord blesses you more if it's on a pad But whether it's on a pad or whether it's on a phone What you can begin to do is you can begin to scroll through ways that God spoke to you Because guess what, if you come here, if you listen to a podcast If you listen to a message and you didn't write down anything You wasted your time Deep roots, come on, I'm going some phones out here, come on, <laughs> through discipline. Because there's ways that Jesus wants to speak to us when we come to these places that if we don't write it down, we'll simply forget. And there are things that I write down that sometimes I go through and I'm like, oh my gosh. There are times in prayer where I write down requests and I completely forget about it until I go back and I'm like, hey, Jesus answered that request. But if I never wrote it down, I would never know. Yeah. Taking notes is spiritual discipline. I'll give you two more. Super simple. i, I got some time to preach. I'm sorry, kids. We're <laughs> going to be over. Today. Uh, two things. I say it all the time. Two spiritual disciplines. Read your Bible and pray. Read your Bible and pray. Now, I don't mean like airy-fairy. Like, I'm going to read my Bible and pray. I mean set apart time. Make holy time where you are going to read your Bible and where you are going to pray. Because let me tell you what happens if you don't set apart time. If it's not scheduled, it's not secure. When I rhyme like that, you take notes. If it's not (laughs) scheduled, it's not secure. I'll tell you something. I have a membership to Planet Fitness. And their motto is judgment-free zone. And I'm so thankful because I never go. (laughs) But at least they don't judge me. But the reason I don't go to the gym, and I've said this before, and one day I'll correct it, is because I don't have a set-apart time that I'm going to work out. Amen. And so I tell myself I'm going to go at 3 o'clock. Something happens at 3 o'clock. I tell myself I'm going to go at 7 o'clock. I'm too tired at 7 o'clock. And so I don't go. Because it was not scheduled, it's secured. So I want to encourage you to make holy time. Set time apart for spiritual disciplines. Make it holy. Now some of us are saying, well, Harrison, when I read the Bible, when I pray, I don't feel anything. Like I want holy time. Because a lot of us think holy time is like angels speaking to us, going up to the third heaven. You want to know what holy in the Bible means? It's so simple. To set apart. That's what holy means. To set apart. So guess what? The moment you set apart time for Jesus. It has now become a holy tongue. And the beauty of spiritual disciplines is I move forward in consistency and I'm not too concerned about feelings. You see, for far too many of us, the reason we don't go deeper with Jesus is because we don't feel anything. Well, Harrison, I would read more, I would pray more if I felt it. Forget about feeling, start just setting apart time. I'm gonna give you guys some free relationship advice. One of the reasons marriages end today is because people say they fell of love. I just fell of love feeling like I used to. I lost my butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. I've been with Christy. We're pushing 10 years together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next week is five years married. Uh, whatever you guys want to get us, we're good with. <laughs> but like, I love Christy so much. i am gonna tell you something. I have not got butterflies for a long, long time. Like the last time like I got really, really got, like the first time I got butterflies was when she touched my head. The first time. You yeah, guys remember that feeling? Yeah. Like, it better in be a relationship if that before. But like that was like 10 years ago. And the truth is, I didn't even know what love was back then. So why would I base everything I do on those feelings? Sometimes an act of love is just showing up. It's devoting, it's serving, it's loving. And what I found is that the more you serve, the more you love, the more you devote, the more you show up, all of a sudden your feelings begin to follow. It may not be butterflies, but let's grow up. Let's go deeper. So listen, show up, set apart time. You may not feel anything, but the more you devote yourself, the more you say, hey Jesus, I'm here, it's 6 a.m. I'm tired, but I'm here the more you'll begin to feel something. I'm going to tell us something for church. What if we begin to actually come to church? To set it apart. To make it a holy time. I'm going to speak to church online for a second. I love you. You guys can see me. Preacher, cut to this angle when you're doing (laughs) it. Church online, listen, I love you. But if you live in the St. Albert and Edmonton region and you are able to come to church in person, I want to encourage you to come to church in person. Because a part of a spiritual discipline that has happened since the beginning of Christianity has been believers gathering together. Because there is a power when we get together. And if you watch this and you live in Timbuktu, thank you so much. But I want to encourage you to find a church family that you can connect with. Because the spiritual discipline we need is community. We need people that we can do this thing together. So let's let's start to show up. Let's start to be disciplined, because deep roots are developed through discipline. Here's the last one I'm going to finish on this. It's a little time. Uh, dis- dis- discipline is built through discipleship. This one's huge. Discipline is built through discipleship. Colossians chapter one twenty eight. It says again, he is the one we proclaim. He's a, Paul says, I admonish, I teach everyone in wisdom so that we takes it personally, may present everyone fully mature in Christ. It's not one person's job, it's our job. He says, to this end, I strenuously contend with all energy Christ so powerfully works in me. We need to be discipled. And we need to be discipled. You want to be a mature Christian, you need to have a stream two ways at all times. I need to be discipled And I need to be discipled. I need to be discipling someone. If I'm not doing these things, my roots will not grow deeper. So the very first thing I want to speak about is this. You need to get discipled. You need to get discipled. You need someone that can speak into your life. Let me tell you something. The world is filled with nonsense. Chrissy and I were watching Netflix for a little bit. Some dating show, you don't want to know. (laughs) And after five seconds, we looked at each other and said, That was the stupidest thing we've ever heard. It was a group of three girls. You want to know what the rest were doing? It was nonsense. A lot of us are filled with absolute nonsense, and we have no person to speak into our lives. We have no person to say, Hey, guess what? That thing that you are feeling is not from God. Need to cast that thought out. We need to be discipled. I'll take it a step further. You need someone that knows your name. Yeah. I know your podcast is good. I know. But you need someone that knows your name. Someone that can say, Harrison, you need to take a vacation. I saw Pastor Ryan. That's what he said. He said, take your family and leave. I need someone that knows my name. I don't need general things. I need someone that can say, guess what? God has something more for you. So, I need to be discipled. Listen, if you're in this church and you don't feel like you have someone speaking into your life, fill in a connect card. We're going to get you discipled. Because we need to get deeper. Second thing is this if you're not, if, I mean, we need both. But not just getting discipled, we need people to, to be disciple makers. We need those people to step into their calling to disciple people. We need people to step up and say, I'm going to be not just a father. I'm going to be a spiritual father to someone. I'm going to be a spiritual mother to someone. I'm going to be a spiritual brother. I'm going to be a spiritual sister. I'm going to be a spiritual friend. I need to speak into someone's life. You see, church home. It's a church home. It's the church family. What good is family if we never encourage each other? What good is family if I have no one that knows my name? So I want to encourage those of us Maybe you feel like your roots are good Maybe you've been in church for 25 years If you don't have a single person that calls you And asks you for anything You're not stepping into purpose If there's no one in your life That is looking up to you If there's no one in your life That is calling on you week in and week out It's time to step into purpose Because the pandemic's over in Alberta at least There's an epidemic in the church and it's a lack of discipleship, it's a lack of mentorship, and it's shallow Christianity. And so here at church, we're going to get people discipled. And so in the same way, if you want to get discipled, if you want to be a disciple, fill in a connect card. Because I'll tell you, week in and week out, there are people that need to hear from you. You may not think you have something to offer, but you do. So Paul, he used that inclusive language. He says, we, it's our job to make sure people are fully mature and he says, Colossians 2, he continues, he says, My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God namely Christ in whom all are hidden, all things, all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Paul has a goal. My goal is that they may be encouraged They can grow. I'll tell you this. This is my personal belief. The absolute best way to develop deep roots is to speak into other people. It's the best way to grow in Christ. I've had the privilege, I've mentioned it before, all summer to speak. Uh, We have summer interns, three of them. Chantel, Chase, Sydney. Um, Shout out to Kendra as well, because she shows up uh, all the time. And it's been my honor all summer to speak into them to encourage them, to disciple them. And I'll tell you the best part of discipleship. And I'll tell you why it grows deeper in me. It's because every time they do something, that's your win. That's your victory. That's your testimony. When Chase comes up here and roasts me, that's my testimony. <laughs> I feel great about it. When Sydney's crushing it, I feel great about it. When Chantel's crushing it, when they're on Monday Morning Motivation, I'm not saying a thing, but my faith is encouraged. And I'll tell you, nothing will encourage your faith more than discipling people, than speaking into people's life, than creating a legacy. And so, I want to encourage us today. That big if. Take that if personally. Every time you come here and someone raises their hand to follow Jesus, take that if personally. And say, man, they're going to accept Jesus if they get a little bit deeper. If I can root them, if I can speak into let's get rid of church and let's begin to see God do amazing things. Let's just stand for a I just want to pray for us right now and if you just feel like you want to receive something, just the power of the spirit, if you just want to receive this word, if you just want to receive it, God, just put someone on my heart that I can disciple or someone I need to reach out to right now, if you can just lift your hands up, just receive what God has for us. Jesus, I just pray that we can receive this message. I pray that we can receive this word, Lord. I pray that for those of us that need people, for those of us that need something, I pray that they can find it today. I pray that we can get rooted today. I thank you for this church family, for this church community. I thank you for what you're doing here, Jesus. Continue to use us, and I pray, God, that we may become mature in you. We love you, Jesus. We pray your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. We hope that message encouraged and inspired you. If you want more information, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. We'd love to connect with you. Until next time, take care.